0: All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the pleasure of talking to another special guest. Mr. Mike Levine is an online coach based out of Toronto. We know each other through the online trainer mentorship. We've chatted back and forth for months now. It must be it must be a close to six months almost at this point. We've we've talked yeah. off and on. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's great having you on the podcast, man. I love to I want to wanna dig into into you and get to know more of the personal side of things, the fitness side of things versus just the business. But uh, yeah, for everyone who doesn't know who you are, man, let them know.
1: Thanks, John. That was an awesome intro. Um, yeah, so Mike Levine, born and raised here in Toronto and, and coaching men primarily over the age of 30, kind of lose that, belt, that extra belly fat and, and kind of get you back into shape, look great, shirt off. And most importantly, I think it's feel confident and, and feel good about yourself and who you are in your own skin. And uh, not to say that I don't work with, with women, but uh, I, I tend to kind of gravitate and work more with, with men uh, lately. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell.
0: Awesome, man. Sounds, sounds good. So I I love to start off every podcast with getting to know the guests a little bit more, both for myself and just for the audience. So could you tell me kind of like your introduction into, into the fitness space, or I know for you, you're heavily into yoga as well. So you can take that Mm -hmm. and run with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um, so my intro into the fitness world, um, I, I actually started in CrossFit. I was, uh, in Israel, where uh, funny enough, my, my brother now lives in Tel Aviv, and I was kind of introduced to the CrossFit world and kind of fell in love with more so the workouts, the people, the community, and, and just kind of the drive that, that certain athletes were really putting in each and every workout. And uh, that, that kind of stuck with me as I was, um, I, I, you know, I was in finance for over 10 years. That's kind of what I did right out of school. Um, Mostly because that's what all my friends were doing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. It took me a very long time to get to this this point uh, in my career where I am now running my own business and, and totally loving it and loving uh, you know each and every day I wake up and how I can help more people. So um, yeah, I was I, I started in CrossFit more so in my training and then pivoted uh, out of finance into fitness, which is is the title of my book that I'm. Working on writing and, and plan to publish in the next year or so um, is my story. So um, I started in fitness personal training with two boutiques here in Toronto, one being at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, the other at SWAT. Um, I was super fortunate to get a start with, with both those kind of uh, teams and, and kind of built my experience there. So getting my reps in, in-person training um, learning how to work with all different types of people, a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, busy parents that don't have the time to, or, or didn't think they had the time to, to get into shape and know how to move properly and, um, learn how to, to, to move and to eat and to kind of build all those habits that go into, uh, each and every one of their days that we, you know, uh, I feel like are on constant repeat on our social media game, uh, talking about it. So, Yeah, I started personal training. And then over the last two years, I've I've now pivoted, uh, well, more recently pivoted fully online. Uh, I did in-person training for four years, kind of built some awesome skills, experience, working with, again, a a wide range and demographic of men and women. Um, And and that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So working fully online. I I love um, that I can expand my reach around the world. I, I recently got my first international client. Uh, and it's pretty cool to, to be coaching clients uh, all over the world and um, not being limited to just locally. And uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at today.
0: That's awesome, man! Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I want to dig into quite a few things that, that you brought up there. The first one being what what got you into CrossFit.
1: I love the competition. I always um, I grew up as an athlete uh, playing hockey, track. I was always uh, I, I just love to compete. I never really excelled um, to kind of the very elite levels. And I felt like um, getting into that CrossFit box in Israel is like they didn't care what your background was. You could just go in there, give it your all and and have fun at the same time. Um, and and it didn't matter how strong you were or, or how weak you were. It was just uh, an awesome workout at all different levels. And they were super accommodating no matter where you were at. So um, you know, very different than I think what we see here in Toronto is the, uh, we see a lot of like bodybuilding style, um, people lifting power lifters. This was just, you know, guys straight out of the, the army and the military and just crushing their workouts. Uh, and like very kind of average looking guys, they, they weren't super bulky, um, not the typical bodybuilder look and, uh, they could crush a lot of weight and, and they could also run, which I found was, uh, an awesome kind of balance. They weren't just one track focused uh, on, on kind of the barbell, but they, they can move, um, dynamically very well, uh, as well as lift heavy stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool that they incorporated both aspects and weren't just kind of one track, uh, focus.
0: Yeah. sounds like a, like a well-rounded athlete more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. the, uh, have you been to a CrossFit box in Toronto and how does the kind of culture differentiate between the two?
1: Yeah, I uh, I came back wanting to find a box and I started with the Academy Alliance and loved it. They built a great community there. And I think they've recently moved now on to Dundas West. And um, I I kind of maybe grew out of the CrossFit world and, and um, just tried to focus more on, I guess, balance. So like, uh, as you may or may not know, I'm a big road cyclist and... I've got a couple of races uh, I'm working on uh, doing uh, this, this year, this summer. Um, and and at the same time, really enjoy the strength. So I, I kind of felt I didn't need the crazy metabolic conditioning uh, style in the workout. I liked focusing on strength specifically um, and then doing my kind of cardio, whether it's on the bike, running, swimming um, separately um, and kind of splitting up that, uh, you know, if I have the time for it. Uh, to, to train that way. And I felt that kind of felt good for me um, in, in my body and, and kind of what my goals were um, and are right now. That's, mm. That kind of works. So that's what yeah. I was going
0: to ask too. Like a, a lot of people, you know, they had a they had a weight loss journey or they were the skinny kid growing up and they just wanted to pack on size. What was it for you that kind of brought you to gym and fitness and, and shifting gears in the first place?
1: Yeah, great question. I was um, I was definitely skinny. I found it hard to put on weight. I think I posted that transformation photo a while back this year, like 140, 145, and now almost 160. So it's, it's taken me a while to really pack on some serious muscle and um, really focus and hone in on strength training specifically, following a program um, and and committing to it for longer than, you know, a month at a time, three months at a time. You know for years right it's taken me to get to this point um and and a a big part of that was kind of understanding learning where i was at um and we can get into this but from my brain injury in 2013 that forced me to reset refocus and reevaluate where i was strength-wise mentally physically and and my my overall capacity so that was kind of the start of my, um, my journey, if you want to call it that.
0: Would you be open to, to discussing like what happened in the journey from there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, this is going to be a big part of my story, my book. Um, I've shared this story, uh, a little bit here in Toronto for those, those that, that know it. So, uh, 2013, we were skiing in Whistler, Blackcomb in, in, in the backcountry there. My brother at the time was a ski coach and, uh, he was taking me and, uh, Couple of close friends uh, out skiing uh, in the backcountry. Um, we had been out there for a week, and the, the final day, the seventh day, we decided, you know, why not? Let, let, let's do some backcountry. Let's do something a little bit uh, off the grid, off the path. And uh, it was our last day, so let's let's kind of make the most of it. So uh, that last day, we we hiked up uh, to the peak, uh, which was almost, I think, 8,000 feet up. So it was high. We were. Uh, going up the mountain for about an hour and a half, two hours with our gear on our back. Um, and the goal was to go down the, the inside of the bowl. It was called the Corona Bowl, uh, which I, I imagine is, still exists today. Um, we ski down the back and then traverse upside the back side of the mountain to eventually ski out. So we made it down and then uh we were transitioning to go up the back side of the mountain and that's kind of where uh my life flashed before my eyes and uh uh we were we were ba- uh climbing up the back side uh, my buddy Dave was kind of looking down at me and my brother JD was uh kind of just behind me about 20 or 30 feet and uh it was literally in a matter of seconds we were we were completely wiped out and uh, um it 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 literally took my breath away I had no idea what to expect we were caught in an avalanche and uh for those who know or may have you know unfortunately been caught in it it's um it's like a tidal wave taking you out and you're literally I was buried um four feet under snow and it's like you're kind of buried in concrete so um yeah that was life changing for me in all aspects, it forced me to leave finance uh, to reevaluate my life, how I wanted to show up for people on this earth, what I was passionate about, um, realized life, life is super short, and uh, we can take it for granted. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was uh, so, so getting back to the story, I was buried, my brother and Dave found found me um, pulled me out, I was completely unconscious. Uh, non-breathing, black and blue, um, and, and they knew to kind of uh, check my airway, and they were about to do CPR, and um, uh, I eventually somehow came to, and I, I started gasping for air, and uh, that that was uh, kind of the, the start of, of of taking a deep breath and, and kind of a whole new life for me. At uh, I guess I was 28 years old uh, in 2013. Um, yeah, and it was like my life reset. I was ready to go at a, you know, a very fast pace and no longer could. I, I was forced. No strength training for two years, no running. All I could do, and this is where I started. My other part of the journey, which you had mentioned, is, is yoga. So I, all I could do was focus on my yoga practice, ride a stationary bike, get my heart rate up very gradually, notice the symptoms I was feeling. So anyone dealing with a concussion right now, um, you know, feel free to ask any questions I've been through at all. I've, I've tested my body, my limits, um, my capacity. So I, ha- I, I was dealing with, uh, anoxic brain damage. So I had no oxygen to the brain for, they were guessing four minutes any longer. I wouldn't be here today on this podcast, sharing this story with you. Um, and symptoms were extreme fatigue, sensitivity to light, to noise. The big crowds around people. I couldn't sit at a desk at a screen for longer than you know maybe 30 minutes uh, without getting severe like exhaustion. I was in rehab for six months uh, for speech therapy. Speech was very slow. Um, memory recall and words were very difficult. Uh, short-term memory was was lapsing. Um, and I would forget people's names. As crazy as it was, I would meet you. Let's say at a yoga studio or on the street and I would totally blank on, on your name. And, and, and that I think was one of the most challenging things. And like people think like they look at me and it's like, you look like you're fine. Um, but, but in reality, I, I had no recall or recollection of who that person was or uh, what their, what their name was. So, yeah, that, that was the start, and, and that's kind of really what opened my eyes. I lost my breath in 2013, and I regained it with, with my yoga practice and, and kind of learned how that's how the mindful method uh, kind of came, came to be, is uh, learning how to breathe properly. That's a big part of my coaching is, is being aware, being mindful when you're eating, when you're strength training, when you're cooking, um, you know, what, what you're doing and with an intention. Um, and, and, and I kind of learned that and it took me the better part of seven to eight years to kind of really recover myself so that I could then and now really heal and help coach others, uh, to, to kind of get to their optimal health and feeling their best really is, is what I'm doing at the end of the day. So that's amazing, that's, man. Yeah. That's, Thank that's you for that's sharing that. Yeah. yeah. What
0: a journey. I mean, it took, yeah. took life altering because you're, you're the way you're described is you were kind of on like the fast track in, in finance and just kind of. I, I picture a, a hustle and bustle um, Wolf of Wall Street type of kind of just maybe not to that extreme, but, you know, just kind of yeah. doing whatever you could when it's staying late, not, not really focusing on your health. And it took one thing to kind of just change your outlook on on life. So you said no strength training for two years, just yoga, a little bit of uh, light cardio. How, how was the introdu- introduction back into strength training? What was that like?
1: Yeah, going like, so what I learned was I could have probably tested the strength training at very uh, minimal amounts, maybe throughout, but doctors, the other challenge to this injury is not a lot of people survive an avalanche. I think it's like 1% that actually survive. So they had no idea in terms of protocol, in terms of recovery, in terms of everything I was dealing with. Like I went into it saying like, yeah, you'll, you'll take three months off and you'll kind of slowly ease back into it. Three months went by, I was still feeling it. Six months, then a year. And then it was like, okay, I uh, need to reevaluate the game plan because this isn't working for me. So, um, yeah, I, I really eased back into strength training and, and focused on um <clears throat> Uh, I I guess, just trying to rebuild my foundation uh, in the beginning. So and and that's kind of where I couldn't handle CrossFit anymore. Um, Pressure to the brain was way too much. So uh, very small doses of strength training. So, um, you know, never shooting for like a five RM or even a three RM or one rep max, but just kind of gradually inching along and, and slowly kind of building up my capacity and noticing if I was feeling headaches pressure in the brain which i was getting initially when i was weight training um and and cardio for that matter even on the bike if i had my heart rate elevated above let's say 150 definitely um, any kind of high impact so hit, uh, i could not do um and that's why i had to just kind of let go of crossfit altogether and um uh just focus slowly and gradually and very like taught me a lot of patience um to be to to tread carefully with strength training and and kind of just in tune with how I felt when I was doing it so
0: absolutely yeah so then what what was uh, or when was the transition into you wanting to become a coach or a personal trainer and like wanting to help others you know get <laughs> in shape and do that
1: sort of thing great question so I was um I was in finance for so I had left and I had got an opportunity to go back I tried it for about a year and a half, and I was like, I called it quits. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. 2018, March 2018, I remember the day I walked out, um, was the best feeling, the scariest feeling at the same time for those who know pivoted industries, and I just gave it my all. I just, you know, I'm I, I certified as a personal trainer. It doesn't take a lot, as we all know. You can do it in a weekend, but I just started getting my reps in with, with the, the fitness boutique at the Ritz. Um, and, and with SWAT, and, and just tried to learn as much as I could each and every time I was on the floor. Uh, I had some amazing coaches and mentors starting off uh, in, in the personal training that really kind of groomed me to who I am today and I'm forever thankful for that um, and just loved it. I, I loved um, I loved coaching people to kind of become the be- their best selves teaching them how to move properly to like getting incredible results you know, whether it was strength training, whether it was fat loss, whether it was just kind of building a, a great routine and a regimen for them to like, feel better uh, with their family at work, you know, do the things they always wanted to do, like taking a client today to buy his first road bike, he was super excited uh, to, to make this purchase. And he can't wait to go out for a ride with me uh, and start a whole new, new sport. You know, at, at almost 40 years old, he, he's super excited and like a kid in a candy store again. And I, I love, I think that just really reinforces why I'm doing what I'm doing and how much I love it. Um, Cause I love when, when people light up like that and, and finding that that kind of magic moment, whether it's that, you know, those little wins we always talk about each and every week and um, sharing them with our clients. It's, it's just super, uh, it, it definitely lights my fire at the end of the day.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly you you've had a passion for helping people for, for quite a while now. And I think that's, that's why I love talking to other coaches on here. It's cause we're all in this for generally the same reason. Um, and it shows, it shows in content It shows in when you talk to people, um, which is, which is great. Cause at the end of the day, the fitness industry can be wild and it can be really hard for, for the average person who doesn't really know how to navigate it. So you know, kudos to, to yourself and coaches like you for, for being out there and, and wanting to help people. I want to know what led to the transition for, from in-person to online and how you found it personally speaking.
1: Yeah, great question. So I found it through the online training academy. Uh, I guess that's what it previously was called. Um, I found that through actually another coach uh, that I was considering to hire as like a business coach. And he said, um, you know, why don't you consider this online program? And that was, it, it, it definitely really opened my eyes. Online for me was was um, allowing me to work with more people worldwide. Um, and I knew that, um, you know, the one-on-one is great and and there's definitely no replacement to that. But uh, it's very limiting, as, as you know, John, uh, being you know, an in-person trainer as well, coming from that. Um, and I can't help as many people at, at once. And, and I find, you know, I love the community I've been able to build with my online platform. Doing challenges, accountability is, is huge. Um, and, and everything I've learned is, is from John Goodman's uh, Online Training Academy and all the awesome coaches, including yourself, John, uh, of, of what the potential is with this online uh, program that, that you and I are offering and, and how we can help, you know, it's crazy to be able to think that, yeah, help people literally around the world. Uh, I, I didn't anticipate that getting into, uh, the, the fitness business, but, uh, it's really opened my eyes to the potential, the opportunity, um, and, and how much it's just constantly evolving and, and how much I'm learning nonstop. So, yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's really, yeah. it's really, a, it's, a, it's a massive world and, Opportunities are kind of endless too, and once you kind of see, start seeing successes, um, you know. And a lot of people still are really unaware of what online coaching actually is. Once clients kind of buy in, they they recognize they have more freedom than they thought they'd have. You know, I know, I don't know, but you, I remember when I was doing it in person, scheduling sometimes was a nightmare, right? Because you had mm-hmm. to balance your schedule with potentially you know five clients in a row. It can be really challenging. This way. Clients are able to work out whenever they want to. They have freedom. We have freedom. We all kind of win because it's it doesn't restrict us as much. Um, so it's been great to see you grow the business as well. And again, like I said, your content is always great. What I'd love, what I'd love to know if you if you're up for sharing it, is what, what the mindful method actually is.
1: Yeah, no, great question. I I get this a lot. I think I need to share more about the mindful method. So it's the combination of the mindfulness. So um, you know, everything you're doing, you're doing it with a, an intent and combining strength training with, with yoga, with the stretching, with that mindfulness start to your day, first thing in the morning, um, and, and then kind of bringing that all together in all aspects of your life. So not just what goes on in the kitchen and not just what goes on in the gym It's it's setting an intention each and every day, um, and being aware of how you're showing up for yourself, for your family, for others uh, in your community and, and even at work. So it's, it's combining almost everything we're consuming on a daily basis and being aware of that, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's, uh, you know, on Netflix and, 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 and what you're eating at the end of the day too, your fuel. Um, so it's trying to take a step back, um, and not be so narrow focused on maybe one aspect, but just kind of looking at the whole picture. And this is what I do on that initial, um, call with with potential clients uh, you know we call it a, almost a strategy call is look at all different aspects of your life you know what's your stress like what's your sleep like um, what what kind of workout routine are you doing if any and, and how do you eat at the end of the day are you eating just a snack are you mindful of how you're eating or are you actually eating with intention to fuel the body so um, yeah the, the mindful method kind of encompasses all of that and it's continuously evolving as I'm kind of building and growing my business and Uh, and talking about and sharing it
0: with I feel like that's, this concept is more and more important the more we get into kind of like a digital age, fast paced, go, go, go kind of world because it's very easy to go from wake up to sleep and have no idea kind of how you're showing up. You're just kind of either going through the motions, going through habits, or you're on the go so much where you're not taking that time to stop and be like simple things of like, am I actually hungry right now or am I just eating to eat? Or... You know, while you're mm-hmm. doing a workout, I don't know if you've been there. I've definitely been there where I'll be doing a workout, but my brain is kind of hyperactive in the background thinking of what my clients are doing or what social media posts are going up or whatever else is happening in life. So mm-hmm. I think taking the time to be aware of, of who, who you are in the moment, what you're doing, the intent, like you said, the purpose, I think that's overlooked. Uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. going to make me think more about how I'm showing up in different things, but that's great. And clearly, I mean, you found success with that for your life because you you had to, you're forced to kind of take that patience approach. Like, what am I, mm-hmm. you know, what, what can I do now? Slowly building upon it. So helping people kind of slow down in a way, in a, in a mm-hmm. good way to really just, be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what does, what does today look like? Who do I want to be today? I think that's very powerful. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think another another point on that, and that we I think as coaches like to emphasize is trying to do one thing at a time. Mm. Uh, I think we all, you know, myself included, we try to juggle a lot on our plates and it's like we can't we can't multitask at the end of the day. Right. We've got time to do one thing and one thing well, and, and let's focus on that and and take our time to do it as best as we can. Um, and then move on to the next thing. So it's, uh, yeah, like we, we've all been there when we've been in workouts, thinking about 20 different things, our next social media posts, uh, what clients are doing or not doing. Um, but yeah, it takes practice, right? Like, like getting your reps in the gym, it takes practice to wake up, to set an intention to start your day with a little bit of mindfulness, So whether it's some deep breathing, meditation, um, um, you know, even going for a mindful walk right like that's something i'd love to incorporate and teach clients to incorporate into their days um maybe it's not first thing in the morning maybe it's to break up your day you know if you are working from a basement uh or uh don't get a chance to get out for fresh air right get out for that fresh air get some sun on your skin um and take a few deep breaths without the phone let let the phone go for for once and um leave it behind and just kind of notice how you're feeling right like they say that, you know, being bored is a great thing. And that's your chance to be creative to, um, to just, again, notice how you're feeling. Uh, so, you know, I find that when we're bored, we're typically reaching for something, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, the screens, whether it's the phone, wh- whatever it is, we're not just kind of, we've learned to not just sit with how we feel our emotions and, um, just letting, letting ourselves be and noticing what comes up. So,
0: 100%. I love that. Actually, if I can tell you like a more of a personal thing, next week, I had no calls booked on Tuesday. And I'm like, I'm going to take a day and just block it all off. Because I've had a really hard time with juggling a lot that going on, staying away from phones and snacks and stuff. So there's a spa like 20 minutes from the house, there's no phones allowed. I'm going to go there with a book, awesome. with a journal. And like, awesome. I'll be unreachable for a very large portion of the day. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's almost like I'm forcing myself to step out of, you know, my hustle and bustle and just slow down. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I kind of mm-hmm. can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think we all, especially as online coaches, we need that kind of detox and like I, we're, we're getting out and away this weekend up North and that's my, my place that I know I can just kind of unwind, let the phone go, you know, clients know we're away. Um, you know, if it being be in the long weekend, encourage, I encourage clients to get outside and be with nature and, you know, go for that paddleboard, that hike, and, and and do something maybe you normally wouldn't do again without your phone. So, uh, yeah, I think now more so than ever we need that digital detox um, from screens.
0: One hundred percent. I want to transition yeah. a little bit into, you know, now you said you're you're focusing more on men who want to lose a little bit of belly fat, uh, get in shape, get stronger, all that good stuff. What what led to the transition to that, and then what? what are the biggest challenges you you find with, with men who are in that position?
1: Great question. So um, working in the finance world, I was surrounded by a lot of men, uh, a lot of men who were uh, perhaps not aware of how they were moving, eating, uh, managing stress. And so I just kind of saw and listened and um, just kind of watched from a bird's eye view of how you know, all these people were kind of operating at, at a very high level of uh, a number of these people. But, you know, their health was definitely sacrificed and compromised. Um, and now, funny enough, some of those people are coming to me to kind of help them work on uh, these little habits to go into each and each and every one of their days. So um, I, I was around yeah, the finance world for so long. And it is, you know, um primarily dominant, dominated by men, you know, unfortunately. Um, and, and so I, I got to learn how their habits were, what they were lacking, how they were eating. And, and you know, myself included, that's how it was operating drinking, you know, three or four nights a week, not really following a strength training program, maybe go to the gym once in a while on a quick lunch break. Um, and, and then not really and taking sleep for granted. So, You know, all these things that I used to be doing, I've now kind of learned how to um, reinforce them and make them a priority in my health because of my kind of injury and and my recovery. Um, And now being able to coach and work with these people um, that a lot of them have really been struggling, not just with, you know, excessive weight, but it's their habits, stress, you know, being a, a huge one. Um, it's these people are running, you know, entrepreneurs running their own business, they're juggling 20 different things at all different times while they have their family um, and, and it's just kind of endless nonstop. So it's, it's teaching them, you know, again, coming back to let's focus on one thing at a time. What is one thing, John, you know, you think you can nail this week if it's sleep, if it's hydration, you know, drinking two liters of water a day maybe it's the workout. Maybe you can handle getting into two to three workouts a week. Maybe it's just simply moving. So getting, you know, walking two 30 minute walks a day um, might be a great place for you to start. So um, yeah, really dependent on on the person and who I'm working with. Um, I find the weekend-itis, I call it, is a big challenge for a lot of people. Sometimes myself included, it's like when you let everything go for the weekend, all those healthy habits go out the window and you know, you find yourself around, you know, uh, uh, a bar, open bar, uh, a buffet, and you're just kind of going to town on, on drinks and food and, and don't really care, which, you know, I think it is fine once in a while, but I think that's where the mindfulness comes back to it and something that's come up lately with a number of my clients is like, it's summertime, we're doing some travel. It's like, how do we keep these habits and maintain these habits while we're on the road? right? So it's, let's cut, let's get back to the basics. So moving daily, right? Aim for that, you know, 10,000, I think it's just a generic number, but it's, it's a great kind of metric to see if you're actually moving enough in a, in a given day. Um, drinking water for, for the most majority of your week in your days is sometimes a very challenging habit for some people I've worked with, um, not knowing how much to drink a day, right? Like two liters, two to three liters, depending on how active you are, Um, eating real whole food, I can't stress this enough, so real whole food, nothing more than five ingredients on the back of the package, so your fruits and veggies, and it's not, this has come up a lot too, is cutting carbs, we're not cutting carbs, you need carbs, carbs being veggies, fruits, good carbs, sweet potato, um, in your diet to give you literally energy at the end of the day, so I think that's a common misconception, either when people are starting my program or people just very uneducated of what and how to eat properly. Um, and then sleep and stress management are, are kind of uh, also huge and part of that whole uh, equation and, and pyramid of, of the hierarchy of health. So, um, yeah, I think that that's, does that answer your question? Yeah. you going Yeah. Yeah. That's all yeah.
0: I mean. I think, I think stress management is probably one of the toughest things to work with on people in my, in my experience, because it's, they kind of have have to change how they're approaching certain situations, but also like how they live their lives in a way or taking more time for themselves, which as a busy entrepreneur, a family man, like it, it can be really tough to even get any like pure alone time. Yes. I'm, I'm home alone right now, but I'm working all day. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, to coaches like you on the podcast I'm talking to other coaches, clients. So mm-hmm. the stress management piece with, with your clients, what, what are some things that you help them do to, to manage that?
1: Mm-hmm. Great question. So um, first of all, it's being aware of what's on their plate, what they can handle and what their capacity is every day. If they can't cook a meal, what is the next best thing that's going to maybe relieve a little bit of stress um, for cooking a meal for their day or for their family rather? So maybe it's doing uh, a meal delivery service. Um, Maybe it's doing that little bit of meal prep on a Sunday to kind of save them some time. Um, You know, we always talk about saving us more time and and blocking time in your schedule to focus on one specific task. Um, Taking that five minute breather, you know, five minutes is really nothing at the end of the day, whether it's first thing in the morning, at lunch, at the end of the day, just for yourself, off the phone, I can't stress that enough, Um, take a break without the phone, you know, either Maybe it's a 20-minute nap you need. Maybe it's just going out around the block for a walk, Um, getting some fresh air, focusing on some breathing, Um, starting your day with, I suggest, minimum five minutes, two to five minutes, just sitting cross-legged and and focus on your breathing. This is something I incorporate into my team calls. We start every team call with some mindfulness. With I lead a guided meditation of just breathing, right? Sitting where you are, sitting in your chair, closing your eyes, and just focus on your breath because sometimes... We've been rushing all the way up until that call and we haven't had a chance literally to stop and take a breath. So, you know, maybe it's only two minutes, put your timer on, take that two minute timeout away from your phone, away from your screen, uh, drink some water. And, and I think a a big one, which is definitely often overlooked is the bedtime routine. So Mm. focusing on good quality sleep. And that's something I love to dig into with clients. It's like, Yeah, I'm sleeping maybe six, seven hours, but I don't feel well rested. It's like, okay, so let's take it back. What time are you going to sleep at? Well, I kind of go to sleep at 10, 11. I'm on my screen. You know, so it's, can. how does it feel to leave your phone in the kitchen? How does it feel to remove maybe a TV from the bedroom, right? Remove all your screens, all your electronics. You know, uh, I think John Goodman puts it, having that old school Casio watch has never worked so well on, on his wrist. Um, and getting an old school alarm clock, right? If you need that alarm clock to wake up. Um, so, so being aware of your surroundings in your home so that it's conducive to you to actually sleep, rest, you know, um, and, and work on good sleep hygiene. That's a big one I've been working on lately with clients that, again, is taken for granted, right? People aren't feeling well rested when they wake up, like, likely because they've been on the screen all day up until bedtime, And then it's like, you know, you're suppressing the melatonin and of course you're wired and you can't, you can't relax and fall asleep. So, um, that's a huge habit. If, if, if I think if people in general take away anything from this is like removing screens from the bedroom, um, and, and, you know, an hour before bed would be awesome. Right. There's blue block glasses that are amazing. Um, I've tried, uh, if you have to, you know, you're on the screen right before bed, it it will definitely help. So. Finding ways to get diligent on your sleep, um, just the same way as you kind of create an awesome program in the gym that's going to work for you. So it's you know sleep mask, blackout blinds, dark room, cool room, um, all those little things that you know I've learned over time that's really helped me. I love it, and I think the Mm -hmm. the thing with sleep too is it's
0: harder to change those habits than to do a new gym routine, right? Gym routines are exciting, Mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. Sleep habits or lack thereof are just some people will sit in front of the TV until they start to doze off and then they're like, Oh, okay, it's time for bed. Those, those nights will be damaging long-term mm-hmm. for your health. You know, not to mention <clears throat> lack of sleep, mm-hmm. lack of quality sleep negatively impacts your, your food choices, your decisions every single day, your energy for the day. So if you, the type of person who has a busy schedule already, you want to start lifting weights, you want to get active, you want to lose some body fat. It, it definitely does start with a bedtime routine. I can tell you firsthand the nights when I go to bed with my phone next to me versus when I don't very different when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's not a good mm-hmm. habit to go to sleep uh, with your mm-hmm. phone. The phone has an alarm clock as well as another thing I would avoid. Like Mike said, like get an old school $15 alarm mm-hmm. clock from Amazon or something mm-hmm. it gets the job mm-hmm. done, put it across the room. If you need help getting up, you'll, you'll get up in a second. You won't have your screen mm-hmm. right in front of you at first thing.
1: Yeah. I think that's another good point you make is if, you know, a, uh, when clients start the program, it's like some of them are like, yeah, I want to wake up earlier and waking up earlier starts with going to bed earlier and having good quality sleep so that you feel well rested the next day. Um, we all have those times when, yeah, we get stuck glued to the phone. You fall into the vortex of Netflix, whatever it is. Um, and then, you know, you know how you feel the next day uh, when you're wiped out, your energy's zapped and you're not your best self. So it's cultivating and creating these awesome habits so that you can show up you know, for yourself, for your family, for you in the gym, uh, for everyone around you in your community um, to, to give it your all, right? Like I want to give it hundred percent each and every time I'm in the gym. I know what, what that takes. I need to be hydrated. I need to eat real good food and I need to sleep very well the, the night before to be able to have uh, a killer workout and, and progress at the same time. You know, I think a big one is people hitting a plateau, or not seeing those gains, maybe as fast as they wanted. And, and I always bring it back to how, how is your sleep? How is your stress, right? These things that are often overlooked, that are not nearly as sexy as that new uh, kind of workout program you're doing. Um, and, and so and it's something that, that I talked about that's not in, in school at all. They don't teach us this. They don't teach us how to eat properly. They don't teach us how to manage stress or how to sleep properly, or how to create a good environment in your home, I kind of learned this in yoga, is just kind of being aware of all your surroundings. Is it, you know, is it helping you, or is it drawing your energy away? Um, is it kind of overloading the mind, right? So try, living from a, a little bit more of a minimalist um, background, and, and just kind of being aware of all your surroundings, is it, is it drawing your attention, or is it actually helping you? I guess the Marie Kondo uh, the, kind of effect there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Great, great it's, yeah. it's
0: funny because literally yesterday I've been, I've been in a state of a bit of like stress overwhelm, not sleeping well lately. And yesterday I reorganized the basement here a little bit today. It looks tidied. It looks neat. And my nice. productivity has been so much better already just from that. Cause nice. if I, if I look past my computer, it was, <laughs> it was a mess. There was yeah. stuff everywhere <laughs> behind me was all or organized, I did a few shifts here and there and, and all of a sudden my brain feels better. Awesome. Like a cluttered death. I don't know yeah. what you're like. A cluttered death for me is also a nightmare. I can't, I can't get that yeah. line of focus. So I, that, what you said there makes total sense.
1: Yeah. I find I need a clean space um, to focus, to, to create whatever I'm working on um, and allow me the, the time and the space and the energy to devote to it. So, you know i think it's more than just being clean it's, it's being tidy and being decluttered uh so that that you can focus right and finding that space that really feels good for you and um and helps you kind of grow wherever you're you're working or you know you're training too right your training environment too is a big one is uh you know starting with clients who are training from home maybe they, all they have is a set of dumbbells and a yoga mat and they're staring at the wall right so it's like let's let's create a little bit of an environment so maybe it's growing up like a poster Maybe it's, um, finding a room with a window in it. Um, maybe it's adding a few key pieces of equipment that are going to excite them to get into that space uh, mm. and feel good. Maybe it's adding in some music, um, adding some music to create a, a better environment for yourself. To, so again, that you look forward to it. Um, I think all of these are overlooked sometimes and it's like as coaches, it's like, here's a program, you know, go ahead and give it your best shot and, mm. and report back to me, you know, in a few days and, and see how that goes. So it's, um, You know, I think it's good for us to put ourselves in our client's shoes, too. So it's learn what what your environment's like. You know, if you're at a gym great. your gym is, you know, obviously one of the best options to build your house and build your strength and and your body. Um, But if it's not, and and like John, John, I know you and I both um, offer that flexibility to work with clients, you know, busy moms, busy dads at home. So it's creating a, a good environment that feels good for you um, to train it, to work out. Definitely.
0: And when, when COVID hit and all I had at home was like a couple of dumbbells and adjustable bench, I was in the summertime, I was outside. I was doing all my yeah. workouts in the backyard. I was like, this is awesome. I'm getting the awesome. tan, I'm getting the sunlight. Yeah. And it just, it just changed like what was a really, really negative situation at the time into something where like, I'm actually looking forward to doing this as odd as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Cause I've always been like that gym guy, never a home uh, workout kind of guy. <laughs> so yeah, little things mm-hmm. like that, they can change. And there's the power of the sun, again, that you talked about earlier. It can change wonders. For for those of us living in Ontario, enjoy mm-hmm. the next couple of months because we know what the winters are going to be like. So for those that don't have to go through the winters like we do, you kind of have it lucky in that aspect.
1: Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. one of our internet's legged out there.
0: Yeah, lost, lost in there. That's all right. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. Beautiful, yeah.
0: okay. At, the, at this time, like, do you have, or I'd love to hear, cause you've dropped a ton of really good knowledge. Uh, I'd love to ask for one golden nugget from you for for the audience.
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I think no matter where you're at in your your health and fitness journey, is taking a step back to realize and understand where you are today and 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 really work on and dig deep on that one thing you'd like to focus on. So I think as coaches, we often hear, you know, I used to lift this much weight, I used to look like that, I you know, used to fit into that dress or, you know, that jacket. And it's like, that's great. You know, that's really great that you were there. But where are you today? Mm. Um, Where are you today right now? This comes and tunes right into the mindfulness of, you know, this is you right now. This is what everything you're dealing with. Um, And and let's try to pick one thing and really hone in on it. If it's your sleep, if it's your nutrition, um, if it's your strength training, dial that in and and go hard at that one specific focus and and just kind of watch and see how the uh, the progress kind of comes about.
0: Beautiful. No multitasking over here. Focus where you're at. Right. Mike, shameless plug time of the podcast. Where can everyone find you, my man?
1: Uh, Coach Mike Levine on Instagram, mindfulmethodcoach.com is my website. Uh, active on Instagram, same as TikTok, Coach M Levine on TikTok. Uh, and that's where you can find me, Mindful Method. Perfect. I will link
0: all that in the show notes. Mike, thanks so much again for taking the time in. Always a pleasure chatting with you.
1: Awesome. Thanks, John. Great to uh, be here and, and chat with you. Awesome, man. Take care.